Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Standing on the North Bank, the Swansea City podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Standing on the North Bank. This is your Swansea City podcast and I'm here at Wales Online. Um, my name is Matt Davis. I'm joined by Ian Mitchmore as per usual. And delighted to say we are joined by boxer and huge Swans fan Jay Harris today. Jay, absolute pleasure to have you with us. Um, real honour to have you on. Um, we'll be getting your thoughts on Swansea City and how long you've been following the Swans for a bit later on. But first of all, we'd like to touch on what you've been up to uh, recently. Um, tell us how you've been getting on and how you're doing since the um, the great victory had in uh, in Ulster last month. Oh well, after the the, the fight, like um, I've just been chilling. Out. Well, I had two weeks off, just eating what I want, got, got <laughs> fat a little bit. But um, no, just chilling with the family, just uh, taking the belt and stuff around all the different gyms, and. Uh, just having a, just enjoying it, man. We are currently back in the gym at the minute. Just just taking overall, not, not, nothing crazy. Just, just sit in the bag, running. Um, just keeping ready f- until they f- give me a phone call for the next one. So that's that's pretty much what I'm be doing at the minute. No, you hit plenty of headlines, didn't you, Jay? I mean, we were talking yeah. before we came on air. I mean, the manner of the performance, it was it was fantastic. And you know, look at the pedigree of Paddy Barnes to do it in Ulster as well. I mean. For you, for Welsh boxing, that's just massive, isn't it? Yeah, well, um, I remember seeing uh, a fight in Feeling Park, the McConnell fi- fight, and I was like watching it, and the crowd was just going crazy from it. And I was thinking, I think I put a tweet out saying, oh, I'd, I'd love to have a shot in Belfast, like. But a week later, my promoter got in touch with me, he's like, how oh, would you like to fight Paddy Barnes in, in Belfast? No brain, I said, yeah. I said, get in touch with my manager. I said, let it run by him, and we'll go. F- we'll go from there. He rang me back, and about two minutes later, he said, it's on. He said, give me time, and then you, you can announce it. And then uh, he texted me back saying, you can announce it. And then I, I announced it. Social media blew up a little bit. Went went a bit nuts. Um, but when we were out there, as I said to you, I said everybody was welcoming him, welcoming him, and it was. He's just a player. He's like a three-time Olympic boxer. He won two bronzes at the time, and I just thought if I can get him on my on my record, it's gonna catapult me into like awfully world honours. And um, as it is previous, I knew Paddy through, through through sparring, and I said to and uh, we always had like war sparring, and so I expected a right tough fight. But um, the way it went, I could have asked for a better better performance. The first round, I think I caught him with the right hand, which stumbling put him off. And I think from then I relaxed in the fight, and I knew I was going to win. I didn't know, obviously didn't know which way I was going, but I caught him with a body shot in the third round, which I'm surprised he got up from. 
I thought you were done. Yeah, yeah. I thought because I, I, I felt that I ate it so. It's, it's just a wee, it was like a thud. Hit him in the and he went down. And I thought Jesus, and then he got back up, which is fair, fair play. Yeah. And then I think from the third and the fourth, and the end of the third and the fourth, it was just all one one way traffic then. And obviously I, I clipped him again, and, and he just went down and just wasn't getting up. Yeah. But as you said, the the fans and stuff, they 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 applauded me. My mates were all singing the hymns of Arias and all that, and I think Barry Jones said on on the um, on the the commentary he said uh, the Welsh fans are enjoying. He said, "Yeah, they got all bloody beer all over me." So the boys throwing <laughs> yeah. pints up in the air, and they, well, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. It was, and then we had like an after party and after after any hotel, a couple of the boys come back. Quite night, yeah. <laughs> no, not quite it was it was good but as I said I am drunk I had a beer in like nine ten weeks maybe so I was a couple of hours I think it was only about two three hours I was, I was drunk again <laughs> well deserved well deserved I was um, what was what was um, your prep like how was how was your camp was it you, you feel like yeah we had good? a we had a really good camp as it goes um, I know everybody says that but we had no injuries no no niggles nothing we had no top sparring um, I was sparring with one of my manager's boys, Reese uh, Edwards, he is, he's fighting now on Channel 5, I think, next week. Um, so, yeah, he was like sharp and elusive fighter, he's a bit bigger than me, featherweight. But, yeah, me prepare a lot for this fight. And um, we were going up to Bristol as well, sparring in um, the Bristol boys up there, like Ashley Lane and all, all people like that, Commonwealth champion as well. But, yeah, as I said, you like Ashley Lane was a bit of a... Um, he mimicked the style of, of Paddy Barnes. He was a short fella, stocky, come come forward, but he was like a bantam weight, so it was it was perfect. The sparring and the training, we had um the HM boxing people who helping with the strength and conditioning and like we incorporated different stuff like swimming. I, I don't I don't really swim in my camps, but we did swim in this time and it just it helped helped massively. Like, it was unbelievable. I had a brilliant camp. Couldn't have asked for for better, I think. And we were saying just before we we came on that you um, you quite like having a a bit of a, a hostile hostile crowd. And yeah. You say it's one of the best places you fought. Yeah, Els Hall is the, it is the best place I fought. The the crowd was fantastic. They were as I said they were both behind both fighters. Once the fights heated up, yeah, the crowd heated up. They were just going nuts. But as I said, I, I said I don't mind the hostile environment. Like it's it's nice to see to be quiet. The crowd up, if, um, but they didn't. They shouted for either side. As soon as the fight exploded, the the fans were going mental just just as much, like which is unbelievable. It was that's why I think it's one of the best places to box. To do that in somewhere as hostile as you know the Northern Ireland, their fans are phenomenal, aren't they? We've yeah. seen it in other sports as well, not just boxing, but that's got to give you so much confidence that you can not only go there win their respect but then put on a performance that makes them oh. respect you even more you know, it's, it's a phenomenal achievement isn't it yeah 100% there's like um, one of the um, the guys who come to support me uh, he's one of my sponsors he was talking about to the, one of the Irish guys and he said um, he said tell Jay Harris he said that he's he's more than welcome to come to Ireland anytime after that. So, which is nice isn't it yeah, it's, lovely. It's, it's, it's lovely like so I had no, there was no host, like bad blood between me and Paddy in the build up to the fight anyway because we, we said we didn't need, we don't need to do it. We didn't need to do it. The fight sold itself and it's, it sold out. So it was unbelievable. So what's what's next then? What, what are you hoping for? Well, there's a mandatory challenger for my EBU European title. 
belt, which is Mohamed Abadi. So, um, and I was saying that he's ranked above me in the IBF, I think, or one of the governing bodies anyway. And uh, they're hoping to make that a world type title eliminator. So if we can get that fight in maybe February, March. Yeah. And if I can win that, then hopefully get maybe a world title shot in the summer. That it would be unreal. I think I think we pushing towards that way anyway. I'm ranked, I think rank number five in the IBF at the minute. So we're not far away now. There's only I think the one and two spots are vacant, and then there's three and f- three. Uh, well, one and two vacant, th- three, four, and then me. So. so, what you think? Get Christmas out of the way and hit the ground running, or are you gonna yeah. be? Yeah. Well, I'll train up until Christmas anyway. I won't. I'll just take over now up until Christmas. So. But I'll have a good Christmas. I'll have my Christmas dinner and all that, and then after that, then that go down and, and see see what's in the pipeline. I think. We've all been discussing, haven't we? Should we say it? Should we go there? Liberty Stadium. Yeah. That's the dream, isn't it? That is the dream. If they could, if I could get that world title shot, I think if if we could make it something in the Liberty, I think that would be the pinnacle. I think that'd be un- unreal to have a world title fight in Swansea and the Liberty. Absolutely, fair bit of fair bit of support behind you, and quite a few people, I'm sure, could make that oh. make that happen as well. I, I can see why not. I think I'm sure the swan, the the swans one one minder. You've been putting a few words in as well, haven't you? <laughs> yes, I've been saying as much as I can, now. and I think so. Some tweets have been sent out to try and get get me get me on the pitch as well. I think, but um, yeah, I'm coming forward with that yet. So <laughs> no, that's great. Um, a few general things. Then, so what, what's the hardest thing about? Being, being a boxer is it just the sheer physicality or is it the demands of sort of balancing training with working as well that's one of them that's that's definitely quite hard selling tickets is another one that's up there and diet yeah you wouldn't believe it the fight then is probably the easier part but the diet then is your head goes man it's serious like um I get down to eight stone when I fight, see, so it's quite a low, quite a low weight. But the last two or three pound, I'm just horrible to be around. It's just my girlfriend hates me, <laughs> parents, everything. But my dad, my dad obviously trains me, but he knows I'm going through. He's done himself. But my God, it's everything's all like you could say the smallest thing, like literally the smallest thing, and mm. I'll go off on one. It could could be nothing. Yeah. It'd be like, oh, can you pass us out over there? Like what? We went. <laughs> it could be something silly like that, and I'll just go off on one and just calm down. It's because you're thinking about food or something stupid like that. But, um, it must be like that. It must be incredibly difficult. As you say, for those last couple of pounds, it must be all the mind. I thought oh, as well. That's ridiculous. Well, the day before, you normally about a pound, pound and a half over. That's when you dry out then, and that's the worst stage. That is, is like when. I had my last meal at say like three o'clock on the th- say I was fight I was fighting on the Thursday when I oh, on the Friday so I was at my last meal at three o'clock and on the Thursday I didn't eat or drink anything in until the weigh-in the following day which is about two o'clock so it's nearly twenty four hours of eating nothing or drinking anything and then I had to train in the night as well just to get a little bit more off so you so you, st- you are starving and, mm. and thirsty but when you wake up like you move. It's, it's weird, you're more thirsty than hungry, you do want liquid yeah. like. But once you wade in, 
it's, it's great then. Just put it all back in you. I, I still can't believe you said fighting's the easiest part of all that, but oh, <laughs> after what you've just said there, I think you might be right. But the, the dieting, man. But a lot of people, is, is, as you've seen, like ticket selling, small shows, mm. like that. that's a lot of stress for people pulling out last minute, yeah. nagging people for money. And do you want to come to the fight? Putting over social media every day, just as people just get fed up. It's just passion, and really. I don't think people perhaps realise that that's all part people, and parcel of. I don't think people do understand how, how tough that is. It's not like it's, it's nagging people to come. It's the it's nagging because you're out the pocket as well. You're mm. doing all this training. People are saying that they're coming or whatever, and then two weeks a week before, people have saying I can't make it now. And then you put you sort out everybody's tickets, and then it's just it is can be really stressful. Like, and like you said, you, you know, you have to juggle that with all sort of like personal and work commitments as well. Exactly. I mean, that's it's almost like a well, it's a, it's like a full time job in itself, oh, isn't it? All the training. But how how often say are you, are you train at the moment now? How often are you train? Me at the minute now, I, put, I do about three times a week: Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I chuck in a, a run maybe on a Thursday. Yeah. So it's not it's not drastic as as camp would be but in camp then would be twice a day near enough every day except for a Sunday like it's so I get up say about eight and then I'll run do about five six mile running I'll come back home and I'll have my breakfast and then I'll go to the gym and I'll have my dinner small dinner then say about two o'clock I'll swim two o'clock and then I'll go back to the gym and about half past four or five o'clock and then I won't get up there till about half past six quarter seven and that's what it was like that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday th- well Thursday as well run on Friday and no, no gym session on Friday and then a big big run on a Saturday and about eight ten miles Saturday and for those who don't know obviously you do work part time yeah, as well at Amazon in Swansea so just sort of explain how you because obviously you do two quite long shifts there as well so that makes a, a big impact on what you can and can't do training wise yeah exactly I work two ten and a half hour shifts um, Thursday and Friday nights um, the Thursday is the hard one because I train in the morning I train in the afternoon and i got to go to work in and then Obviously, about seven, eight o'clock, and you just want to go to bed. Mm. But obviously, you can't then because you got a full ten hours shifted bloody do. But then, um, obviously, then on the Friday, then I'll, I'll try and sleep as much as I can, and I'll wake up quite late, say about two o'clock or whatever after the night shift, and then I'll go to the gym and about half past four, and then do hour and a half in there, and then go back to work and. It's just tough. It's, to it's, it's incredible. So I, I get grouchy if I miss one meal, let alone if I was trying to get. Monday, mate, you're always grouchy. Very, very true. Um, it's just, it just goes to show, really, that it just takes so much commitment. It is. It is. It's massive commitment. It's taken up most of my life. Yeah. I've done it since I was 12 years old. Um, to the amateurs and stuff like that, and there's been many times, even as a professional, that when it wasn't all going well, that I've thought, ah. Oh, it's not worth it like mm. but this last 12 to 18 months has made it all worth it mm. all the stuff that I've done like in the last 12 to 18 months has made it all all worth the as you've said the, the commitment the sacrifices yeah. and everything I've had to do it has made it a lot it has and we get I'm not finally getting somewhere now so you don't have to miss out on you know holidays and nights out and well I have well 
when I first turned professional, I, I remember I booked a holiday, and then I think it was about a week later, the the fight come up, boom, same date, same weekend. It's like oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like you what? Well, so yes. I had to cancel my holiday, and so I couldn't go. Um, I was best man at my friend's wedding. Just just got couldn't couldn't enjoy any of the food or drink. I couldn't do anything. I did the best man speech sober. No, he so I did all that sober. My last, um, I was best man. A wedding just gone as well, and um, just before the two weeks before the, the Paddy Barnes fight, mm. couldn't drink an either. It was one of my best mates. Couldn't do that either. So I missed two. Well, I was there at the weddings, but I couldn't fully enjoy yeah. the wedding. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't have the proper dinner, and I couldn't have the, all the indulgence and that. But they have to bring out like a separate dinner or a plate for you. Just, yeah, just, like, just a few bits of <laughs> I, I'm just glad it's like a cooked dinner. Like I. I they come on. I said to give my roasties away. I couldn't have that. I couldn't have my roasties or Yorkshire's because they they full of fat and stuff. So well, I just had a chicken and veg. <laughs> but <laughs> for the benefit of the tape, Mr. Mitchell Moran Davis have a look of disgust on oh, their face. Absolutely sick. That get rid of the Yorkshire's. <laughs> I know the best part of it. I had to give my roasties, Yorkshire's. I had to give them away, and I was like, oh, God. It must have helped doing your, uh, your speech if everyone else was a bit oh, smashed. Yeah, they they wasn't too bad, but. Um, I was shaking like a leaf. Yeah. <laughs> I was standing there. And I, was, I could feel my legs going. I was like, "Oh God!" But was, it, it went. It all went well. Lucky enough, it, it went really well as it was. Was that worse than getting in the ring with Paddy Bowles? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, what's it like uh, working with uh, with your old man? It's good. It's good. It is yeah. good. We do butt heads sometimes. It's mainly over food. Yeah. It is mainly over food, but other than that, no, um, we've done it together now since, as I said, when I was 12, walked in the gym, and I, he didn't know I went to the gym at the time anyway, I went with my one of my mates, I come home for a shower, and he's like, where have you been? He's like, oh, been up the gym, he's like, oh, he said, no one else is training, he said, bar me, so that's, that was it then, all these years now, and he's still still at my side, like, but obviously he's, he's up. When we butt heads and stuff, he he's, um, obviously knows the game inside. He's done it all himself. See, he was, as I said, he was British featherweight champion when he back in the eighties and stuff. So he knows all the stuff that I shouldn't be doing because he did it all that way. He did it all the wrong way. So he's trying to. But obviously, I, as I've grown up now, I know which ways. But we still we just only butt heads over food, like. But he knows his his training regime has always been good. It's always been the. So I'd I'd never change anything now. Never. It always stay the same. It's just the way it has been, and I think it'll always be like that since till I retire. I think. Fantastic. Okay, well, um, stay tuned to Wales Alive. The next few days, we're gonna have a big feature with um, with Jay. Um, should be an absolute cracker. Um, so we'll turn our attention now to to the football. Um, Sheffield Wednesday this weekend. Mitch, you're at Hillsborough. Um, so just the three rewrites of your reports. Um, yeah, but I said just goes to show this team just can't be written off, can it? Yeah, it was it was it was a crazy game. I mean, first half an hour they were so under the cosh. Think Sheffield Wednesday could have been three or four up like they were last season. Um, but then Andre who goes and scores with first shot on target. Swansea lead, and you're thinking thirty minutes to go, twenty minutes to go, ten minutes to go. They're gonna they're gonna win this one here then. The barrage just came and all of a sudden they found themselves 2-1 down and you're thinking, you know, how has this happened? And then, full credit, they kept on going. I think they had about four, was it three or four shots on target in injury time? Ben Wilmot scores and, 
you know, you get a two-all draw against the really tough team away from home. You're playing well at the minute, aren't you, Wednesday? Yeah, they're very, very good side. They've not lost at home in the league under Gary Monk so far. So it's a really good, good quality to have to, to score those late goals, hang on in games, and keep that unbeaten away record in the league. There are ten games uh, unbeaten away from home in the league now, obviously stretching into last season. So it's it's a really good result. It could have been so much more, but it could easily have been a lot worse as well. They are they are so good uh, away from away from home. Um, Jay, what have you what have you thought of Swansea under under Steve Cooper? I think they've been very good. They do um, the games that I've seen. It's like the Brentford game wasn't the best that I went to. It was quite boring. <laughs> yeah, it was actually really boring. It goes through standing end, nothing was happening. But um, the Cardiff game was good. As it seems like. Swans, they they like a bit of the missing it. They ever play class football, and then they play the next week. They play boring football. But um, at the minute, I I made a I I reckon they're gonna finish a bit fourth. I think I I don't think they're ready to go up at the minute. If I'm making a bold. I think a lot of people would agree with you but I don't want him to do what Cardiff did I don't want him to go up and then come straight back down I want him to go up and then stay up do you know what I mean like they did before I, that's why I'd rather him to, to not go up and then come straight back down like, and Cardiff have done crap since they come yeah. they haven't been good have they this um, that's why I would like Swans just maybe have one more year in the championship let Coop, Steve Cooper get his football to get like have the team gel a bit more I know they, they're playing well now but get, get some more players in maybe and then go for it then in, in next year maybe and then maybe have a good run in the Premier this division is so it's so difficult to predict oh. and you know you said and I just feel it's incredible we were saying in, in previous weeks that if you put two results together you sort of straight back up in the top top half if Sometimes you're not far off off the playoffs, and two, two or three defeats, and you are, you're staring at the bottom six. Well, you only need to look at last season. I think Norwich had a really poor start, so close to sacking Daniel Fark, and ended up winning the league. And they've, you know, mm. they're in the Premier League now. Aston Villa, they had a really poor start. They were, I think, they were about 15th or 16th at roughly this time last year. They got through the playoffs. So you know, you look at look at the teams in the bottom half now, and there's probably about five or six that you can't rule out of a, no. a playoff finish. So. There's more than half of, the, of that league that can probably still think realistically we've got a chance of going up this season. But no team either have run away with it so far either. There's so yeah. many t- teams. There's probably that top eight. Yeah. Is it that are really tight together? It's only like a pint or two. It's, it's so three points. It's ridiculously close. Yeah, and you think I think last weekend the Wigan game summed it up. Swansea won, went top. Then Leeds went top. Then Preston went top, and it changed the hands. I think it was four times in one weekend. Mm. So. You know, West Brom are probably the best quality side in the league. If they had a bit more goals, they'd probably be even further ahead. Leeds, obviously, a great team as well. But that you know that there isn't a, a proper standout, is there? Mm. Which you know, it's, it's why you can get beat one week and then you know, Swansea that Brentford game, as, yeah. as Jay said, it was it was awful. And then they've claimed seven points from nine since then. So I say they were particularly bad. Everything went wrong against Brentford. Oh, it's rubbish to watch. <laughs> You're sitting there, I was like. But Brentford did to Swansea what Swansea have done to other other teams away from home. They've 
played well. They've but they did to Brentford three times last year. Well, yeah, yeah of course, their own medicine, course they did, yeah, because they went 3-0 up at Brentford last season, didn't they? Yeah, it was 3-2. They, they ended up hanging on, didn't they? And then you had the, the Dan James stunner in the in the cup game. Yes. When they went 1-0 yeah. down and 1-4-1, there was yeah, some great games between them last season, obviously, with Swansea winning all three, that yeah. certainly helped, but... Yeah, no, just but coming back to the league, I mean, international break now, as Jay said, fourth place. They're bitting your hands off for that at the start of the season, I think, with, with players leaving, Daniel James, McBurney, all the others, Graham Potter and his staff as well. You know, it's, it's, it's a big change. didn't think that's one, once this, uh, Dan James and I left, they didn't think that they were like, oh, what's going to happen? And now, now the season's, and now, we, as you said, we're fourth. And you, we are. you lost the guy that was providing all the goals and you've lost the guy that was scoring all the goals I don't think anybody really saw this coming I think everyone kind of expected that both James and McBurney would move on in the summer but no one would have foreseen what has come under Cooper well, I, I certainly didn't No, I, I think I predicted them 12th I think, yeah, I think I said 4 tenth since the last season so I mean yeah don't get it wrong mid- did you? yeah 10th yeah. at the start yeah I think most people would say the same because I think they are I hate saying it too good to go down they're probably his worst teams but they've got enough about them where they're going to be up around there but things can change they could yeah. a, a run of results now and they could be comfortably in the top 2 in 6 or 7 weeks but on the flip side they could be easily low in the bottom half in by the end of 2019 so there's, there's such a long way to go we're only what just over a third of the way through the yeah. season so but you've got to be happy with the way things have gone because let's be honest it seems like the players are like stepping it up a bit or they like the back yeah that's an interesting point actually playing well Joey Rodon yeah, yeah they're just they're just the, the, the spirit Selena, I think was Ale, they all just, like, seem to step up a little just yeah. step up a gear so it's, it's good yeah, and you think they had that year of experience under them last year in the championship? That the young ones, as you know, Jay mentioned, uh, Joey Roden was a prime example. Bursan Salina, and then Andre Ayew's come in, and he just looks so far above this league. He's he's not a champion. He's he not be no, playing he's, so much higher. Loads of people said that, and he's not a championship. He's he can play yeah, in the prime. I think. Well, but I think you know a couple if of years. He likes it, yeah. yeah. Keep him here. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he, he's Hold on. he's got champions Champions League experience. He's playing in Europe last season, I think, with. Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. Africa Cup of Nations I mean, it's, it's incredible he's showing it as well because you can see week in week out he's just a cut above but I think the thing that's pleased fans most is work rate and his attitude because quality will get you so far and this is probably something Jay knows all about but attitude is yeah, gets you a hell of a long way as well doesn't it you notice it when we went down to Cardiff game and stuff and um, say so the ball has gone like four, and he's run down he's been he's calling the players to get down yeah. and stuff like that and he's like right I'm gonna go and he's, as you said the attitude of him is just it's phenomenal like, it's great it's great to see as yeah. well it's good to see because it's good it, attitude to have it is so, they're such a, it's a, it's a young team when you've got someone who is 28, 29 I think 29 now yeah I think you know showing that seniority shows the youngsters yeah, a good to, example of, yeah, of, of, right. how, to, of how, to, how to play yeah, I think so, 100%. Perfect. Um, Mitch, um, thoughts on Gary Monk's Sheffield Wesley? He kind of always starts well at new clubs, Monk. Yeah, well, he's had a good start up there. I mean, as I said, they, they, I think their only home defeat was in the, in the Carabao Cup against Everton. So, you know, in the league, they've been very solid and they could have easily have won on Saturday by three or four goals, but, you know, they could have lost because Swans had a really good spell in the second half where they created some good chances. And, and in, as I said, in that, that final period but Andre Ayew had two great ones Ben Wilmot even before he scored 
George Byers at the death. I mean, there was literally golden chances. So it could it could have been five six all. It was it was an entertaining game, but I, I think. Sheffield Wednesday and the Monk as well they've got a nice mix of skillful players the wingers are excellent Kadeem Harrison Jacob Murphy but they've got some real physical presence and grit about them as well with um, Newey and Stephen Fletcher up top as well so they've got a really nice blend they can go route one but they can play as well so um, they're not a bad squad at all they're one of those that are probably in and around the same bracket as Swansea where you'd say they might just be below the playoffs but They've got, you know, things go well for them as they are for Swansea, probably more so than Sheffield Wednesday, that things can, could be a good season. So, yeah, I was, I was impressed with them. What are your uh, mem- best memories of Gary Monk at, at Swansea, either as a player or as a, as a manager? I, I like, I like to choose from. Huh? Fair few to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's, he, is a, he is a Swans guy, and he really, he's been asked for years, hasn't he? So, Gary Monk. But, um, I think it was probably the, the younger days, probably with my old man. Yeah, I mean, I think there'll always there'll always be memories of that playoff final block. You know, when he Ready. just got yeah. just got a toe to it and it hits the post when they were, I think they were three, three two, two at three time, two yeah. ahead at the time. You and know, the cosh as well. Yeah, I mean, whatever you think of Monk, the manager, he was always such a, a dedicated. Yeah, he was pro definitely during his playing days here. Yeah, and as I said, he's there. Swans are huge, isn't he? So I think he has a small. There was a swans in his heart, like he is a jack, and he. Yeah. I think he did a bit of that himself as well. He's always spoken fondly of the club. He did before the game on Saturday as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, as much as there was a shift away from the Swansea ways, people call it. See, Lord, they're outraged. Not outraged. He put a post on the other day when they were playing Cardiff. Oh my god! Oh, I think everyone put a post after that game, didn't they? Yeah, oh, a... he's an ex Swans player. He plays for QPR, wasn't he? To QPR. I can't. Think. Oh, uh, Angel Rangel. That's yeah, it. yeah. Sorry, I did yeah. see that one. He was winding up the Cardiff fans. Yeah, it's great. It was. <laughs> he's, he's, he's excellent because he, he absolutely loves it on social media. Yeah, he Angel, does. So yeah, he no, said I... the same thing. He wants the Jack or the Jack. Yeah, he? but it's good because they've come through that same crop, you know, of that Swansea way and. You know, as, as Jay was saying there with, with Monks it, it just sticks with you doesn't it so it is nice to see them even when they move on and, yeah. and even coming up against Swansea they, they still have that affinity and the, and the respect a dire route is still around yeah I know <laughs> they still good though man yeah, well, they are still good I, I don't know how many times they've been sort they of probably are championship off. players now yeah. do you know what I mean they are probably suited to this this style yeah. of football now um, as I said the Cardiff game Routledge and I both played decent like do you know what I mean and yeah, the speed on the wings it was yeah. really quite telling that you picked picked those two yeah I thought so well. I had a feeling you'd pick, pick them yeah. Selena and Ayo but um, yeah the speed on the wing and the experience and stuff like that and yeah. the Cardiff games they were both they know what it means yeah. to win a derby game didn't they so exactly. they, they've played in the two games at Wigan and Sheffield Wednesday since and Swans have beaten seven points from mine so yeah, Graham Potter did it last season at Brentford, didn't he? When he brought them back in, and, and they had a, a good spell with them back in the team. So, yeah, they're the senior members of the squad, but you know they've got a, a hell of a part to play. Particularly Routledge, I think he's he's been excellent. You know, Nathan Dyer was nice to see him get his goal at Wigan as well. So, yeah, they've got a huge part to play, and, and full credit to them for for, for being involved in, and having the contributions that they have. Absolutely. Um, we'll touch on um, Ben Will and what Jay said about. Um, how um, good uh, Roden's been this mm. season. Unfortunately, obviously now 
he looks like he's going to be out till three months so it's going to be end of January early February yeah so it's a massive blow for massive blow but a lot of opportunity for uh, Will Watt he's taking it with both hands yeah definitely two games two goals you know two decisive um, strikes as well you know he's never going to forget that goal against Cardiff no no yeah we were like by the corner flag when he scored and he celebrated right in front of us it's it's brilliant Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some great pictures of that goal, but it shows because that was his first league start for Swansea. He's he's had a few conversations with Steve Cooper because he was he wasn't getting played other than the Carabao Cup, so he was a bit frustrated and understandably so. He wants to come on loan from Watford. He wants to play, so he's got his chance. Kept a clean sheet on on that league start and got the winner. He'll be in Swansea City's history books for the rest of his life for yeah. scoring against for Cardiff. And then you know, like I say, a, a, another good performance at Wigan. A fantastic block to deny Kiefer Moore in the second half and then scoring what was a, a late equaliser at Sheffield Wednesday he's got something to prove hasn't he and yeah he has he's, he's stepping up isn't he? so he's trying to get into the team in it so that's that's the way I look at it maybe stepping the gear up like. and that's what it's been about under Cooper I think players who are on the fringes when they are called upon you've got to be ready and you've got to prove that you're worth it and you know I think the ones that have been doing it you know, they've, they've done it really well so there's a reason why there's a lot of fringe players at the moment that can't get a look in because the, the others are delivering the goods, aren't they? And Cooper mentioned something along the lines of he liked he liked to see when players are annoyed and frustrated when they're out of the out of the first team reckoning. He yeah. wants to see he wants to see them hungry and That's trying to earn, the, earn their place earn their place back. Get the best out of them, then. If they, if they, as you said, you're hungry and stuff, they're probably showing on the training ground then that if they're not picked. It'll try and prove himself the next time, then try and get in the team. So I think it's only better for the team. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll, the better performance. Yeah, I mean, Wilmot's going to have best part of ten games now. Is he to? It'd probably be more than that. I think off the top of my head, I think there's still nine left this year. So then you've got January plus FA Cup. So if he keeps his place, obviously Ben Cabango is highly rated as well. But yeah, he could have a, a really good run. It was a bit like Cameron Carter-Vickers last yeah. season because it was, you know, sadly again it was Joe Roden who had a, an unfortunate injury. But um, that's what the squad's there for because you know if you don't have that, then you're in dire straits, aren't you? But I think they're a bit more equipped this season when things do go a bit wrong. You'd rather it didn't happen, obviously. But um, no, he's I think credit to Wilmot, he's been excellent so far defensively and especially near the uh, uh, the box as well. As you said, um, Van der Horn's played well as well this season. Yeah, he yeah, sort of definitely. seems to really stood up and he's almost taken on, obviously Grimes is the captain, but Van der Horn's got leadership role as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, especially in the back four. I think so, anyway. He's, he's doing a marvellous job at the back. I think he's all done the defence pretty well. And, uh, yeah, I just think, I think he's doing a marvellous job at the back. Yeah, he's 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 a captain without the armband. Yeah, essentially, yeah, he did captain them last season at times, and you see that as well. Yeah, you can see it if you're in the crowd and stuff like that. You can see he's doing his bit at the back, like organising and shouting at people and stuff. It's great. I've said that before. I don't know. Perhaps I'm a bit strange, but I prefer my captain to be a centre back so they can see everything in front of him. I don't know why. Particularly, I prefer that, but that's that's my my view. And as 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 brilliant, I think a, a player that, that Grimes is, and I'm sure he is uh, sort of developing his leadership uh, techniques. I do think that Van der Horn is almost sort of the captain elect for me. 
this side. Yeah, well, we spoke about this at the start of the season. I must admit, I thought he was he was going to get it. Maybe he didn't because of a contract situation. Obviously, he only got a one-year deal in April this year or last season. So that will run out next summer, depending on what happens. Maybe that was part of the thinking, but you know, Matt Grimes had a phenomenal year last year, player of the season at yeah. the awards. So I fully understand why they gave it to him, and you know, he is a, a technically brilliant player, yeah. Matt Grimes. So I fully understand that decision, but yeah, it's it's not a bad thing to have so many leaders. You know, we mentioned Andre Ayew before, Routledge, Dyer. There's there's a lot of um, you know, even some of the younger lads now they've got that experience and and they're stepping up, which I think last season certainly played a part in that because a lot of them hadn't had that experience before and we've said this time and time again on the podcast but that last season under Graham Potter stood them in good stead and especially those younger lads so there's a really good blend now because even the younger players have got match time mm. a lot of it as well so they know what it takes to grind out results and to hold on to, to lead so there are so many sort of attributes that are similar between footballers and boxers you know as we were saying there um, attitude is yeah. would be the, the main one you think for you yeah definitely got have the right attitude especially going into the ring you yeah. can't um, be what's it you can't lose your temper in a ring it's always bad because you lose all your composure and you probably get filled in then probably mm. but um, yeah attitude is, is the, uh, probably the main one you got attitude in training mental awareness in training as well mental attitude so that's that's the big one that is in boxing I think is me- mental ad- attitude and mental attitude I would have thought just that's the way it is yeah I mean there are situations I suppose where you know perhaps in, in, in football let's say there's you know a last minute last minute penalty you've got to keep keep your head and same in in a boxing bout where as you say you, you might be on the back foot for yeah. particular periods where you've just you got to keep your head down. yeah you can't, but you've just got to keep your head on on the on the, on the next round you just focus on the next round really but as you said you could be knocked down yeah and you've got to find something within you to get back up and fight the rest around and not lose your head and not panic mm. And stuff. That's that's the main main is, thing. Is that like a natural thing? Then how how do you work? How do you work on your mentality? I mean, it is. You you uh, as you said when you when you're a kid and you you get punched in the nose or something, and the first punch you have in the nose is not a good one. You seem to lose your temper, and then if you if you sparring someone who has already sparred before, who knows that losing your composure and everything just opens you up to a whole different level because <laughs> your arms go everywhere and if you if you see a boxer and someone who's losing their coolest you'll understand because it's they'll be missing shots wildly and they get picked off so as you grow as a boxer as a grown you seem to figure all this stuff out and and obviously the trainers and stuff you say don't lose your composure don't lose your head and that's how, how it kind of goes into it then. But um, yeah, it's the worst thing you could do is lose your head in a boxing match, I think. It's, it's the same the other way, I imagine, as well. Because you were talking about, you know, when you're behind, you've got to have that mental strength to, to stay in because, you know, like you say, a knockout blow can yeah, happen in yeah. a second. But on the flip side, if you're up on the scorecards going into rounds eight, nine, ten, coming to the last stages of the fight, you've still got to be you've got have to your wits about you because yeah, it can happen the other way around, can't it? Yeah, as I said, it only takes one punch and that, that's it. Boxing, as you said, it's a tough, hard sport, and it only takes one punch. 
and that's that's you done like as you said you could be like eight to ten you could be all all rounds up you could be going to the last round now you take your eye off the ball boom then done 10, 10 seconds you're up so it's important to keep focused on literally every minute of every round I, I would have thought but um, same with football you can't, can't lose your head in a football game I suppose you can get geared up and boost people on but I wouldn't think like losing your head because you do silly stuff you could get sent off slide tackle do stupid tackles end someone's career if you want to do by slide tackle mm-hmm. doing stuff something silly so I, I think it's important to keep your focus and keep your eyes I, I suppose that's what is the difference between amateur people and professionals isn't it where you know there, there are such fine margins but it's people who are in that sort of top percentile though it's not just a physical uh, game yeah. it's obviously obviously mental yeah jail mode is better than any of us but it's you know that talent will get you a long way but only so far you know yeah, you've got to have those that mindset and you know I imagine having good family around you must make a massive yeah. difference because they keep yeah. you grounded and yeah 100% you, don't, you can't get carried away can you they're probably yeah. the best people to tell you yeah. say, mate shut up <laughs> yeah they, they don't need me astray or anything like um, they'll, t- they'll put me on the straight now if yeah. you put like Yorkshire pudding down yeah pretty much yeah that's, that's the worst thing is when you're eating so like watching what you're eating that's, that's the worst like oh god alright I won't have that last Yorkshire pudding <laughs> that's just incredible um Right, just the last couple of things then, Mitch. Um, international break now. Um, what's the fitness sort of situation of the squad? Is it just uh, Kalulu that's and Roden that it's, are out? It's pretty good now, yeah. I mean, before the Sheffield Wednesday game, Steve Cooper said he was hoping to have Owen Mulder and Aldo Kalulu available after the break because Kalulu's been back in training for about two weeks now, in full training. No one so, really knows what he's about, to be honest. We've uh, only seen him for... Two two appearances. Two yeah, appearances. Uh, Preston was... Away to Derby. Away to Derby was his debut, yeah. So he had two different ankle injuries. So, so yeah, who, who knows? We, we might see more of him soon. So that's, that's a positive. Owen Mulder back as well. Obviously, he's not getting a look in. Even Christopher Oldfellow, who's second choice, is, is not getting a look in. So... Um, so yeah, at present it's just Joe Roden and of course Jordan Garrick, who's um, oh Garrick, yes, a of hamstring injury that's going to keep him out for around three months as well. So it's uh, two two tough blows, but you know fingers crossed they can both be fit and firing sort of maybe towards the end of January, maybe uh, early February. Uh, he's got quite a few players away on international um, international duty. Fingers crossed, obviously that they'll come back. Yes, unscathed. Yeah, well, sadly, obviously, Roden does miss out those two massive games for Wales against Azerbaijan and Hungary. Conor Roberts is there. Um, obviously, he's not been playing the last couple of games, uh, not starting while he's come on as a sub. What um, a cross for Sam Surridge at Wigan, by the way. So, yeah, great impact from him. So, we can expect to see a fair bit of him. And then Bursan Selina, I might as well be with Kosovo and a lot of the youth lads as well. They've all, they've all Welsh lads. I think there's nine in total in the under 21s and under 19s called up to Wales. So, yeah, top marks at the academy. I spoke to Paul Bowden last week at the squad announcement. I spoke to Steve Cooper as well, and it's just testimony to the work that they've done at Fairwood in the academy in the last few years. Because to have that many in there, and let's not forget, you've also got certain men called Ben Davis, Joe Allen, Daniel James in the senior squad as well. So 
Yeah, deserve a lot of praise for the what they've done at uh, the academy. So it's great to see, isn't it? So many sort of local lads oh, coming brilliant. through at the club. Love it. That's yeah. what it's all about, it? it is. It's great, isn't it? I love it. I love seeing it. People come up, feel like that. It's brilliant. What was it like for you, like growing up watching this ones? Because you'd see, you'd have your, you maybe your favourite players and whatnot, but you see someone who's probably from down the road from you or another village it's, along or whatever it may be. It must feel even, even better. It's good to see people in your area do well. well. It's, it's great. Like uh, I have a lot of like messages myself saying fine, like about myself, but it is. It, I'd rather see people doing well in, in my local community and finally getting the recognition that they deserve and getting called up to Wales or football. Like, I know, you know, Joey, I know his brother, see? Sam. Yeah, I know yeah. Sam. So it, it's fantastic. I, I can always go back to him. I, I follow him on Twitter and stuff. So it's, it's great that his brother is, is doing so well for the Swans and getting picked for Wales. It's, it's unreal, isn't it? He's uh, very entertaining on Twitter, yeah, Sam, yeah. isn't he? He's big friends with uh, Ollie McBurney, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, he's, he's been down here a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm sure he'll be there for the fight of the Liberty if we can get it sorted. <laughs> and Trump will tweet to me as well, isn't he? Yeah, I did see that one. He's a big big boxing fan, isn't he? Trump. Yeah, he tweeted me as well, saying he's behind me and stuff. It's brilliant. Didn't, think, didn't expect that at all. And <laughs> sure, Trump's work as your promoter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was a ring girl as well. <laughs> well, then, I think that's probably a good place to um, to wrap it up. Uh, Jay, thanks for coming on, mate. No problem. Uh, really you, appreciate Jay. it, and I'm sure we'll have you um, on again, um, maybe after your next um, next bout. Um, just let you know you can get all your Swansea City news on Swansea City online. Uh, just search for us on Twitter and Facebook, and we'll be back next week. Cheers.